0: Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving.
1: it's thursday and you know what that means that means it's time to ignite the dynamite the day after the dynamite welcome to day after dynamite i'm Will Washington. we're back at our regular time because it's not thanksgiving week but i'm not alone here i'm never alone there's always a guest but this time we have huh No, I'm not going to say that because I don't know if that's true, but uh, I was going to say a record-setting guest because this will be your third time on the show, but I'm pretty sure others have hosted the show three times. But Phil and Reg don't count. Of course, Phil and Reg are always going to be on the show, and I know I've had them on multiple times on the show, but outside of my my grapsity brethren, I believe this is my record-setter, three-time Day After Dynamite guest, it's Miss Cher Delaware.
2: Hello. And I got a whole day's notice
1: this time. That's right. It wasn't just like five minutes before saying, hey, I need a guest. Uh, So, I mean, I will say I have December's lineup for the show pretty well set in stone. So this isn't um, sometimes I'm very behind. Sometimes I'm ahead. uh, And sometimes I don't have anybody planned at all. And two weeks ago, I did the show by myself Uh, this time. For the month of December, I will say we're pretty well set. I think people are really going to like who we've got lined up on this show for the next four weeks. There's four Thursdays in December. Uh, or five Thursdays. I mean, every month has four. But there's five <laughs> Thursdays in December. So I, I do have five guests lined up for the month. And I think the last one people will find kind of cool. But I'm not going to announce that till uh, the week of. Anyway, how are you doing?
2: I am doing well. I am glad to be home from lots of wrestling trips.
1: <laughs> I know. You just came back from Wrestlecade this past weekend. How was that?
2: It was It was fun. It was a lot of fun. A heck of a match between Dax and Speedball Mike Bailey.
1: I bet. I haven't seen it yet, but everybody who has has been raving about it nonstop. It just sounds like a uh, goddamn hoot and uh no i wish i could have seen it but at some point i will because um look it's december 1st and we at fightful have kind of reached our point of starting to evaluate our discussions for year-end awards and how that's all gonna go i know there's multiple categories that dax harwood is in discussion for um uh, you've seen the list i'm sure share and uh I have definitely seen it. So this is probably the week, considering it's December 1st, and I think that's our cutoff. Um, This was the week that he very much cemented his name in that conversation, at least. So there's a lot that we're going to talk about. Other things we're going to talk about, of course, are the fact that, uh, that look Day After Dynamite has very much become a Thursday show that... Looks back at the rumors that went in or that are coming out of the show and things that went into it. Um, first off, Caden uh, sends a super chat that says, Wrestle Cade was a hoot and Dax is for the gays. Um, he is. And he
2: was very excited to learn that the gays love him. Very excited.
1: Good. That's a better response than AJ Styles, Then I suppose. Uh, but
2: <laughs> 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 he gives Caden a hug when he found out that the gays love him. So.
1: Love it. Uh, There's – don't forget, we also want your Super Chats. Send us your Super Chats and your Humper Chats. Uh, Super Chats you can send by heading on over to YouTube.com slash Fightful. And during the show, uh, while we're going, you can just shoot us on over a Super Chat. It's very simple. Uh, And by donating a Super Chat, they help support what we do at Fightful. They help keep the lights on. They help this show uh, continue doing what it does. And on the – as a bonus – your name and all that comes up on the screen. You get your picture there. All that jazz. Humper Chats. Also um, a very easy way to support the show. Humperchats.com is the way to do that. That's our Streamlab solution. Um, they don't take as big of a cut of the donations as YouTube does. So um, we always kind of love the Humper Chats. And we got a really big Humper Chat. This one is from... Um, and by big, I mean in terms of size. They're all... Uh, great in their own right uh but what i meant we was we appreciate them all yeah we appreciate them all i meant in terms of the amount of text um and this one came from jason he said jade looked like the superstar she is last night do you think the bow wow thing will result in an intergender match i am honestly hoping for a mixed tag with jade and her man versus bow wow and someone in my dream world it is mercedes monet um i don't know where it's heading obviously they have some kind of outcome planned this wouldn't be one of those things are just kind of going week by week on they know where this is headed i have no idea uh we'll talk a little bit about jade and how jade looked last night this shit was great it's literally the thumbnail for this episode because uh, i there's no way i was going to resist that uh Yeah, I I do agree, though, that she looked like a star. I think the segment needed um, a better ending. But I think I have a hunch as to where everything with that is going. So we'll talk about that uh, when we get to that as we go over Dynamite. But there are some rumors surrounding this week's Dynamite, aren't there? We'll start with the rumors going into it. Because, look, I'm never one to take credit for uh scoops until they're right and i will say that uh that the ruby soho one was mine um and that ruby soho returned last night she had of course been gone uh and i had initially heard from uh some people behind the scenes that she was around dynamite and my initial thought when i shot that over to sean was i mean she lives in uh indiana so that could mean anything she could just be visiting friends all of that but then i looked at my watch and i was like but how long does it really take to recover from broken nose because it's been uh, this week will be three months so my thought at that point was i think I think this is a return. That's that's my gut feeling, is that, especially in her hometown, that oh. if there were ever a place to bring her back, that's it. So my thought was, I think she's coming back, but I'm not certain, so that's the part I, I don't want to print. So when I gave it to Sean, I was like, I think she just lives in the area, but, but it has been long enough, so right. who knows. Um, oh! We're also joined by a guest. I should have been paying attention to the bottom of my screen, because... Well, the... Washington! There it goes. Why'd you make me wait that long? I look like an idiot. Thank you. <laughs> I, was
3: you finish, I was letting you finish your story about Ruby Soho, and much like Ruby Soho making her return to AEW last night, I'm making my return to dad, because it's been a few weeks. It has here. been sick. I was sidelined. Well, I had COVID two weeks ago, and then last week you were on at midnight, and I was awake. I just didn't feel like getting out of bed to to jump <laughs> on the show. But I'm here, and my pal Share Delaware is here. How you guys doing?
0: Doing Fantastic.
3: great. All right, great talk. I'm out of here. <laughs> everyone, everyone go watch. Everyone, go watch Strong Style on Fightful Overbooked right now it's basically our most popular show over there so please support it i have to pay share delaware now that's very sad that i gotta pay people you're getting paid for that i am sorry i don't make any money off that channel i pay everybody else so i i, get I have never sent in an invoice for fightful nobody sends an invoice i'm just very friendly and just tossing out money you know? <laughs> that's how it works that's how it i works.
2: love throwing away other people's money
1: No, see, you have to do like me, which is forget to send your invoices in for months at a time, and then send one giant invoice, uh, because then your payday looks bigger. Uh,
2: I was told the day by Sean, I have got to make Will start sending in invoices, because when when
3: jimmy gets these giant invoices he's like what the hell this is how this i mean i don't know what will washington is making i gotta get on the will washington deal but i you know for people who don't know i'm exposing the, the behind the scenes here we can get paid every two weeks or every every two weeks essentially and i since i started working at fightful i was just like yeah just pay me at the end of the month i'll send in the invoice at the end of the month i'm paid reasonably uh i always deserve a raise but i'm paid reasonably and i would always send in mine at the end of the month and so when i would send in mine sean's like oh shit we lost money this month because jeremy waits until the end of the month to send in his invoice and his is an outrageous invoice uh compared to everybody else because you
1: know I'm i f- look, i look i just forget and then i'll go the rest yeah. of the month okay i'm gonna be honest with you guys I haven't sent an invoice since August, <laughs> so my wow. December invoice is going to look sir.
3: Will, are you? Will's not hard on for money at all. Shit. Richie Rich, need Rich need over Fightful here. Money. Yeah. He doesn't need to uh, work for money at all. So so, the yeah, but... is, when Sean got his
2: first big raise with Fightful, before he even owned a part of the company, I changed his name in my phone to Richie Rich, and that's hey. all I would call him. <laughs> Because he's like, I have money now. Like you would think that he's a freaking millionaire. Some Dax, I am rich. Like Dax was telling everybody at the bar the other night. <laughs> like so now you're the new Richie Rich.
1: I guess, uh, yeah. I, I just I forget sometimes. I still haven't sent in my. I got to do it. I have to do it today. September, October, November. God, it's three months. So um, I Merry have to. Christmas, Jimmy. Pay me. <laughs>
3: yeah will's gonna Will's gonna break jimmy on christmas good on you will good yeah i (laughs) just i I didn't i didn't send mine in last month and sean like immediately messaged me and is like did you send in an invoice i was like i filled it out but i may have like forgot to hit send on my email because that's a thing that i do it's like i'll fill it out and then just forget to hit send on the email it's like oh okay there you go i I, I sean's
1: favorite thing is to joke with me about it if whenever he tells me something that i need to add to the invoice he'll be like yeah make sure to add this to your invoice when you send it in april
3: (laughs) (laughs) well you're getting you're getting cooked in the chat that your mic is too loud
1: oh it's too too loud is it too loud now
3: People are saying it's too, uh, You, I think everybody it's look, it, me look at look at all these people they're quiet. mad at you will look at this you're oh, very you're, loud very loud you're loud he you can uh a shot i just assumed that was about your mic being too loud he can hear mariah carey in the background your mic is so loud he hears it playing
1: <laughs> oh okay 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 i got you i got no you. now you're
3: uh, quiet yeah now it's uh, a little bit quieter
1: how's that i i don't know how that happened but i usually keep my mic at about 60. And I looked at it, and I'm like, that's at 100. I don't know where that (laughs) happened. (laughs) So you were loud. (laughs) Yeah. So is is that better, folks?
2: I just turned the volume up on my iPad so I can hear you now. Uh,
1: So, again, let me know if that's better. Thank you. Again, usually keep it at about 60. I don't know where it got shot to 100, but it, it was at 100, and that's never happened before. So, who were you yelling at the
3: other the other night that your mic was so loud? I you don't had to know. I, I was going think... to ruin. I was going to spoil an interview, but I didn't want to do that. I've done that before, <laughs> and
1: oh. I, Shit. Was the volume okay on that? Because Yeah, yeah, I that adjusted. was good. Okay, That was where I adjusted the volume. That's the last time I adjusted my volume was on that interview. I have not gone back and watched it. Speaking of which, there's an interview coming up that's been recorded. Um, <laughs> you guys kind of know because he posted a picture of it. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, I forgot. We, had, we interviewed Danny Limelight. That was actually go. pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, that'll be up shortly i've got two more interviews in the can though or not in the can (laughs) but i suppose they because they're not recorded yet but uh on the docket that's the term i have some in
2: the can that i have not even sent to my ipad or edited (laughs)
3: yeah they're interviewing everybody yeah Which is more work for me i don't like any of this you guys (laughs) interview people
2: Uh, it's not more work for you i get mine edited you just post it
3: yeah, but if I got to, like, transcribe it and stuff, I, I don't know. do need to
2: transcribe me talking about people's gear.
3: Oh, well, that's fine. Will Washington no. always creates more work for me with the interviews. <laughs> he does. He's like, we got an interview with, I'll say it, you said it, Danny Limelight. It's like, oh, there's a lot of good stories here because you guys do great jobs and do great interviews. I'm like, well, shit, now I got to transcribe it and write stories. So, <laughs> Will's just always creating more work for me.
1: I mean, there, <laughs> I I will say, I there's one time that I... Uh, that I did you the favor, and I haven't done this since, but I transcribed my own interview. You remember Danielle Fischel? When I interviewed yes. Danielle Fischel, yes. I sent you just an entire text transcript. And I was like, yeah. just take it. Um
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hate transcribing.
1: But are you kidding me? I was so proud of that interview. I went back and watched it like five or six right. times. I'm like, dog, I talked to Topanga I, about pro wrestling. This you is- transcribed
3: <laughs> it for it, and I still watch it, which I never do, because if I already have the transcription or if somebody else, like does the transcription mm-hmm. and I don't have to listen to an interview. I would listen to interview for work purposes. Like if it's not for work, I'm probably not going to listen to it.
2: Jeremy, um, when did you start with Fightful? Uh,
3: 2018 is when I started on the wrestling side.
2: Like when in the year?
3: Uh, late, late in the year, September, August. Okay. August that would
2: August, be August why saying. Sean had me transcribing stuff before <laughs> oh. you got there.
3: <laughs> and he it's made me
2: transcribe one with – um. Oh, that used to be over the NWA. Uh we don't talk Lagana. Dave Lagana.
3: Oh, okay. We definitely don't and talk
2: about And <laughs> I had to transcribe this interview and I was like, I'm never fucking doing that again. Do it's, not
3: ask me to do this. So here here's a here's a quick story. Um, the first interview I transcribed for Sean was with MJF. And MJF is well-spoken and everything, but he, he, speaks like he'll use like sort of big words and kind of talk Ooh. in riddles sometimes. So I transcribed it. This is the first time I really ever transcribed much of anything and I screwed it up badly. Um, and I, I still sent it in, but I like, I needed to go back and edit it, but I was going to a Taylor Swift concert that weekend and sorry, like this MJF transcription was not the most important thing to me when it wasn't going to run for another two weeks. And I was like, I'll go back and edit it. And then Uh, but I posted it and everything. So I'm at the Taylor Swift concert and Sean is messaging me like, Hey, the MJF transcription isn't that good. Like you need to like do it again and everything. (laughs) I thought I was going to get fired while I'm at the Taylor Swift concert. It was big, huge, huge fear. Like I'm texting him while I'm at the concert. I finally got to the hotel and we settled everything. He's like, no, no, no. I just want to let you know that I was like, yeah, I was going to go back and edit it. I probably should have communicated that better. I didn't. I'm sorry. So yes, before I officially started, I was supposed (laughs) to start like full time that Monday. The concert was on Sunday before I officially started. I thought I was getting fired because I did a terrible job transcribing an MJF interview that wasn't out for another two weeks. That's That'll, very. Funny, and he nearly actually. ruined my Taylor Swift concert experience mm-hmm. for me as well. I mean, and, I used
2: to be an executive assistant, so I had to transcribe a lot of stuff. And sucks. I once had to transcribe a seven-hour-long court-like.
3: Oh, that sounds awful.
2: Court martial hearing for the military. So there's like 87 different military men talking, and they all sound the same. And I'm like, I don't know who's talking. I don't know what's going on. That, but I got paid like a thousand dollars to transcribe that's all, it, so. That's,
3: that's that's a good deal transcribing like when you don't have video like the bollywood boys like just audio trying to figure out which one is talking <laughs> yes. what yeah yes. oh, <laughs> like you gotta listen to like even like the briscoe brothers can be tough too I've, I've gotten them down a little bit uh but bollywood boys very difficult if you don't have video i'm like uh where's the verbal cue here of who's right. speaking and everything very very transcribing sucks uh i i mean i do a lot of it and a shout out to Andrew Thompson who does, does a lot of it as well. Anytime anybody who does transcriptions, you understand the pain and then people yell at you of like, it's not your work that you have done. Uh, but I have transcribed some of the Danny Blindlight video interview. That is very good. Everyone should listen to it w- when it comes out. Uh, great story about Las Vegas and a new <laughs> Japan star. I won't spoil anymore, but that was very fun. Uh, so <laughs>
1: Yep, yeah, check it out. Grapsity interviewed Danny Limelight. And Grapsity is back today with another edition of Ask Grapsity. So if you haven't uh, got your question in, by the way, right after this show is over, head on over to uh, fightfulselect.com. And we have a brand new edition of Ask Grapsity coming up. And we answer all of your questions. Uh, I will make sure not to accidentally hit the end broadcast button. <laughs> Uh, too soon, like I did last time. And then... Uh, and the problem with that show is, of course, I don't know how to make Fightful select posts. That's the thing Sean has to do. And so, if I, he, like... He said he was going to do it, even though he's COVID yeah. down. Yeah, so what I mean is, though... So, if I, like, screw up something like that and accidentally, like, hit in broadcast, we have to, like, set up a whole new post yeah. for that. Yeah. And so... <laughs> It's not just like a quick. Oh, let me just start it back up. No, I have to go through Sean to get that to happen, and uh, it's it's right. a nightmare. So I will make sure this time I do not hit in broadcast accidentally, uh, like I did last time.
3: Well, if you do, will don't message Sean. Let the man rest. You can message me. I will. I'll help you out. And whatever, whatever you need,
1: as usual, yeah, I have access no, to everything. Shout out Sean, because uh, nah, yeah, fine. no, that that man is not in good. He's shape feeling today.
2: better. He's feeling better.
1: Yeah. I mean better I mean, than like an hour and a half ago, but like he Well,
2: I mean he thought he legit he legitimately thought he was gonna die last night. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. So he he's doing better today compared to that.
1: That's good. He I already said nice things he, about him earlier. I'm he not, he, told me he, he and his
2: wife are both going to die, and I said, Your cats are going to eat you. And he said, Yes, and then they will also have COVID and they will also die. And I'm like, Well
1: I mean the cats eating you thing is is a, I always thought that was just like a joke people said until that literally no, happened. to so, I know, that happened to my neighbor. Like, uh, my what? neighbor yeah. across the street. Um, so a coroner and animal control showed up around the same time, and uh, apparently she had been dead in the house a couple days, and the cats were just like, here's a meal. Yeah.
2: Yeah, if you die, your cats will eat you.
1: Where's uh,
3: my stupid cat? Is in here somewhere. I'm gonna (laughs) chastise this thing of like, you better not eat me if I die. She throws up enough. I cannot imagine the poor wife. Dealing with vomit of me after I die because the cat has
1: eaten me. Oh yeah, see no. Terrible. The thing is, now that the house is on the market, anytime I see neighbors that I'm like, uh, I don't think I want them living here. I'm. I go and tell them. I'm like, hey, just so you know, somebody died in this house and, uh, and the, the cat c- ate
3: them. And, and the, the cat, cat oh, ate my them. Gosh, that that would be a way to yeah scare them off. All right, I'm gonna. You guys yes. gonna talk about that. <laughs> like, right. will will has to go. Uh, tell Reg to answer my my question. Very very important question for the righteous Reg. Uh, I didn't send it Ask Rhapsody. I just I just DM'd him.
1: Uh, Okay. We're gonna answer it on Ask Rhapsody anyway. So I mean, you can you uh, can
3: he can read my DM on Ask Rhapsody if he if he wants to. Uh, I but if he does have a chance, tell him to DM me back. He can say no. It's okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye. Jeremy.
1: Jeremy Lambert, everybody. All right. Ricardo the ODV says, "Yo, I just bought my AEW ticket. I'm so stoked. Where are you headed? What city?" Um, oh, it yeah, looks like show? Phoenix. Phoenix actually um, had a pretty good has had a pretty good advance. I tweeted yesterday about the fact. So there were two new event announcements that AEW made last night. Um, I believe one of them was El Paso, Texas, in a really, really tiny venue. Um, that venue only holds max 5,000 people, oh, and, dude. uh, yeah, it's one of the smallest venues AEW's ever run, uh, it's the El Paso County, uh, arena center? I don't know, um, but either way, very small venue in, uh, in El Paso, Texas, and they also announced Dayton, Ohio, as well, those are the two, uh, events they announced. Um, the significance of this, of course, is that there are now... Um, 10 venues that AEW has announced for, uh, 2023, 10 cities they're running. And of those 10, only one of them is a repeat city. You know, one of the things that people have harped on them a lot for in recent months is that, uh, they've been running a lot of the same cities lately. They've been running, going back to a lot of the same venues, a lot of the same East Coast stuff. And for the first time in a long time, everything in 2023, except for, uh, the Kia Forum in Los Angeles is a new city they're hitting um seattle which has also had a really good advance uh, seattle's done really well for them uh phoenix has done really well they're doing a rampage in portland oregon that i believe they've also sold everything they put out already or most of it to the point of where i don't know why they haven't opened the upper decks yet but like it's right. time um but uh so i know portland's done really well for them uh and so and of course they're running san francisco the revolution all of that there's a lot of stuff they're going to be running next year that are all new venues. And, you know, that was part of, you know, Tony Khan talked about that when they signed Jeff Jarrett, he mentioned that signing Jeff Jarrett has a lot to do with his experience in the um, events department with WWE and just promoting events in general, since he's uh, been in the business as long as he's been and they're entering a lot of new markets. Uh, I have a feeling even going into Uh, most of March, I think it's all still going to be a lot of new stuff. Um, I heard some rumors of like Oklahoma city, things like that. Uh, So. When you want
2: established relationships with these venues. So since Jeff has been doing it for so long, he's going to have some sort of relationship with a lot of places. I mean, people might be like, Oh, you know, Tony Khan owns the Jaguars or whatever, but they're not like, Oh yeah, let's have his wrestling show here because Still, AEW is very young, and there's a lot of people that when they think wrestling, they only think WWE. So they're like, right. what's this company contacting me? Wanting well, the to good have news, a show? Like...
1: The, the good news in AEW's secret weapon kind of all along was Raphael Morphy, right? In that oh, yeah. Raphael, of course, uh, booked events for WWE for like a decade. And yeah. so luckily he had the little Rolodex. He was, mm-hmm. That's how WWE, or AEW was essentially able to get off the ground in a way where no other wrestling company has that quickly and being able to just book right. live events like that. They had Raphael who booked those events for WWE for years. And so he's basically been their secret weapon in terms of having relationships with venues already, having relationships with arenas and, and right. being able. And and uh, I will say that WWE has done a lot in their power to stop some of that stuff. Um, in that, well,
2: WWE has, events coordinators for like sections of the country too Mm -hmm. so like they've got people that are based out of Chicago that just do the midwest they've got people you know so they because it's such a more focused thing and those people go to all those events it's a lot easier for them to be like well we're not going to run here if you're going to run them here and
1: yeah you know and and I won't say WWE hasn't necessarily done that but one of the things that they have done is they have prevented promotion of the events. They have definitely put their foot down on, in terms of um, basically it's if WWE has a event being promoted at an arena and AEW also has that arena booked, that arena cannot. They'll usually get it in writing that that arena cannot begin promoting the AEW until theirs event is over. Until the WWE event is over. I know that recently happened with uh, Quake by the Lake, where. Um, and that was, I think had a lot to do with why it was called Quake by the Lake. And then I not 100% certain on this, but I remember hearing a story about, um, Quake by the Lake, specifically them booking the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota Mm -hmm. and, uh, that they had it booked, but that WWE was running the Target Center, uh, and their event wasn't until I think six or seven weeks before Quake by the Lake. And mm-hmm. so uh, it was, I think, a provision that w- that the Target Center could not begin promoting Quake by the Lake until the WWE event was over. And by that point, that's only a six-week lead time, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay, well, let's spice this up. Let's give it some marketing. Let's give it uh, all the jazz we can so that way Quake by the Lake uh, can sell.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Com slash fightful It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help. That's betterhelp.com/fightful. slash fightful. What's so special about Hero Bread? Soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.
1: A way where it wasn't beforehand. Um right. so that that has a lot to do with with that stuff. Um, so either way, it's it's new territory for them. All of these are new territories, uh, and it is interesting. I'm glad you got your ticket for Phoenix, like you said, because Phoenix um, was one that you know I know people in Phoenix who have been um, uh, they've been demanding an AEW event for a while, and so the it seems to the advance is really really good in the sense that I believe it's higher than a lot of finals have been in some of these repeat arenas. You know, last Mm -hmm. night I think did like 3,500. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're already close to like 4,500 in, uh, with months to go in Phoenix. So that's
2: crazy.
1: uh, Good stuff for them. Uh, and it'll, it's interesting to see where it goes, uh, and how that does. The big rumor coming out of last night though is one William Regal. Uh, this rumor has been out for a while that regal's contract was up soon the question was how soon most people were assuming that it was a at least a one-year deal and that he'd be up around revolution um and then dave Meltzer came out with a correction said it was three years and now the word going around is that it was nine months and that his deal is up like any day now and last night was send-off that was the write-off for william regal william regal of course um has a well-known well-publicized relationship with triple h and regal was of course let go from wwe early last year
2: um when triple h was off
1: yeah triple h was off i mean and look it kind of sounded like at the time that hunter wasn't coming back you know that was some of the talk was that you know Hunter got Miltoned, right? Like he was gonna be uh, working basically a menial job, and basically just to keep him in the company. But at the end of the day, Hunter wasn't uh, wasn't in charge of anything, and a lot of Hunter's people were let go. And Regal went and signed with AEW. Uh, but again, Regal and Triple H, they're thieves. Their relationship goes back to WCW. WCW, uh, yeah yeah they have been tight for a very long time that has been triple H, triple H in Regal that has been his right hand man for years and so um, you know there was a lot of thought when Hunter first took over that uh, the there was a lot of thought when Regal first took uh, when Hunter first took over about like some of Hunter's guys per se like what what were they gonna do? would they go back? Um, And a lot of guys don't have that recourse, right? Like, some guys are signed for for years. Um, There was talk of, you know, Malachi Black. It was talked about, you know, he asked for his release. Was he going to try and go back to work for Hunter? Um, There was talk of uh, Buddy Matthews. And uh, some people have asked a lot of questions about Adam Cole. Um, I've seen people ask questions about Swerve, although he's told the story multiple times that he's not a Hunter guy um that actually it was Sean who had his back in NXT uh and but as far as all of that's concerned um there's always these questions of the people who signed with AEW while Hunter wasn't in charge uh would they go back Regal seems to be the one that seems, it's like the biggest guarantee right like he was offered mm-hmm. uh, there were rumors that Regal was offered a a a bigger role backstage in the summertime that he turned it down. So then that uh, what did I say that triggered my phone? There's no way I said okay, Google, and now that triggered it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm wondering what I said that sounded like that because my phone just went off. Um, but anyway, so so it's being asked in the chat. Why can't Regal just be taking some time off? I'll tell you why. WWE is the ones of the belief that Regal's heading back. It's not a matter of just, you know, people in AEW are, are wondering what's going on. But more so, um, the last time we saw something like this, where somebody was off of AEW television and then people in WWE were of the belief that they were headed back, was Cody Rhodes. Um, and that turned out to be as accurate as possible. And so this yep. is one of those things where um, I'm, I'm not looking away from the smoke to the fire. Uh, of course, Sean reported that uh, Regal's deal is up this month, or at least he's reported that he's heard from talent that it's up this month. Um, it's very similar to what it sounds like the type of deal Bobby Fish was under. Bobby Fish was only with AEW for nine months, uh, and he was gone before we knew it. So... I I don't know what Regal's motivation would be, right? Um, I've heard from a lot of people, I've heard speculation of the idea that, you know, Regal doesn't want to be on the road, that at the end of the day, AEW's a road promotion, and he was comfortable working his position at the office uh, in WWE, and, you know, being the NXT general manager, for example, you don't have to leave Orlando for that, so... Uh, but working in AEW, you're on the road, it's a road promotion. Uh, that is how the company operates pretty much. You know, you, you get your work in, in that company at tapings, that's how it goes. So, um, because I see somebody saying AEW is always going to be the consolation prize for talent. I disagree with that. Uh, I think that, yeah, I think there are plenty of people who one have actively chosen AEW. We know that, um, We've seen that happen. Adam Cole actively chose AEW, uh, and
2: Johnny Gargano probably would have had Triple H not been the one in charge. Now,
1: yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's it's all it all depends, right? It, it depends on what you're looking for out of your professional wrestling experience. But otherwise, there's plenty of people who have actively chosen um, who have actively chosen AEW uh and so stokely hathaway stokely hathaway that said with all that said i i don't necessarily believe uh oh and uh the awm's world champion or former tony storm so there's another one um but i know there's a lot of AEW fans that are upset that are like uh, Regal has, has turned his back on us. That that Regal basically used us to keep himself relevant for a little while. Like first off, I think Regal would have stayed at home if it wasn't for Brian. Brian was the one who wanted Regal as a part of uh, storylines. I have to see. <coughs> Damn it, I couldn't get my to my mic mute in time. Oh, <laughs> anyway,
2: he wanted so, to work with him,
1: right? And and you know Brian. Brought in Regal, and I think what Regal brought to the table for the last nine months, I think, is undeniably great stuff. I think that you know, in hindsight, if I knew that the only feud Blackpool Combat Club was ever going to get was Jericho Appreciation Society, I probably would have said, "Hey, could you probably end this at Blood and Guts?" But um, which was back in June. But uh, the, <laughs> uh, but otherwise, I think the content we got out of Blood and Guts. Or not Blood and Guts of the Blackpool Combat Club, thinking about the guys that the Blackpool Combat Club has gotten over, thinking about how who the hell was Wheeler Yuta prior to the Blackpool Combat Club. You know, my yeah. just the guy who hung out with best friends that my wife thought was hot, but now he's uh, <laughs>
2: I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but all of a sudden now, Wheeler Yuta is somebody who who matters, who's had matches that uh, I think you could put up against some of the best matches this year. You could put uh yuda and moxley uh in that absolute bloodbath uh against most of the matches i've enjoyed this year and the thing is it holds up against a lot of them there was no way in hell wheeler Yuta was getting that opportunity without the existence of the blackpool combat club and the blackpool combat club doesn't exist without regal and so i think you know it's tough i look back i i grew up in the um in the 90s, of course. So like, Monday Night War is a lot of my foundational, um, right? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of my foundation in watching pro wrestling. Uh, and thinking about that time period, and just even before the Monday Night War, I, I grew up, you know, when I was born, there were two major wrestling companies, right? I was born in 87. Um, and I used to collect, when I was a little kid, WCW trading cards in, like, 91, 92. I have all these Sting trading cards, all the bright stuff.
2: Ass, the bright-ass, <laughs> the bright-ass orange and green and yellow. Yeah, I
1: had those. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, the thing is, I grew up with all that stuff, right? So, like, uh, the – and also, Cards, Cards, Cards says, uh, why didn't Owens sign? Um, and everyone knew Renee was going to AEW. Why didn't Owens sign? What did Owens do at WrestleMania this year? If you were, never mind, I'm not going to get into that, but really give that some thought as far as if you were offered the opportunity to work with Stone Cold Steve Austin in his return match. Anyway, point B. You
2: know what? He re-signed. He's got to do some stuff. He's got to stay at home when he wanted to, to go to his kid's stuff. Sammy Zayn resigned, and look where he is.
1: The uh, Well, yeah, the point of all of that is simply that it's not a one-size-fits-all for anybody. Um yes. That there's a... I, I, just the, the blanket statement that it's a consolation prize for wrestlers is not true. That's just not. Um, and you can absolutely see that across the board. It, it's dependent on what's the best environment for that person and what they feel is the best opportunity for them and what they feel is going to be the best opportunity.
2: Brian Danielson um, is the greatest wrestler active today. I won't get into a Bret Hart argument with you. And.
1: No, I think Bret goes. Hart is, a, no, I think Brian Danielson is the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. Like this. Okay.
2: Thank you. I, <laughs> I mean, you rem- if we're talking remember Bret I got attacked.
1: <laughs> I know if, no, if we're talking Bret and Sean, I'll say Brett's better, but um, oh, yeah, I think but Brian is the GOAT.
2: I think, yes. And he chose to not yeah. stay with WWE to go to AEW. Like, you going to say that he chose Again. a consolation prize?
1: Again, but it, either way, um, not an argument I even need to have because at the end of the day, I, I'm saying here that growing up in the '90s, a lot of people used to jump back and forth. I, I you know, it, it's really. Weird to look at like somebody like Rick Rude, right? That like Rick Rude, um, yeah. it really just depends on what time you started watching Rick Rude because some people know him as a WWF guy because of his run in the '80s. Um, but then you look at like uh, him in WCW and the matches with Steamboat. Um, that's that's what I know Ricky. Uh, that's what yes. I know um, Rick Rude for. And then of course he returned to the WWF, but then. Uh, Returned to WCW, he is a guy who jumped back and forth. Jeff Jarrett's another guy who jumped back and forth throughout. Uh, you know, he was in WWF. He was introduced to WWF in the nineties, went to WCW, went back to WWF, and then went back to WCW. And was with until it, it closed. That's that's just that's the way. That's
2: why it was crazy when Sting came to WWE however mm-hmm. many years ago that was because he always felt like he was going to be the only one
1: he was who the only holdout. back and right.
2: forth you know like that's that's what we grew up with is people oh this week they're on this show oh never yeah. mind they're here now like
1: <laughs> yeah and that's just something i was used to and that's why like the idea and i still feel like because it hasn't happened enough right now we haven't seen lots of guys jump back and forth yet mm-hmm. that um it's still kind of a fresh idea that it is a yep. big deal. It's a big discussion when somebody has gone to the other side, and you know people are. Then uh, literally, it happened both ways, right? Brian going to AEW had people last year talking about, oh, well, people are jumping ship. WWF is or WWE is a sinking ship. It's over for them, right? In and the then, mud. Er- yeah, in the and then <laughs> earlier this year, Cody jumps from AEW, and the talk was, uh, oh my God, that's the the first sign. The rats are getting off the ship. AEW is over. Guys, um, I, I truly believe that the mark of a successful um, and I will say healthy wrestling industry is when guys are able to do that. That you know that guys are able to get good paydays, wrestle in front of good crowds, and get on TV in front of good audiences and have multiple opportunities to do so. That is the best thing you could ask for in the wrestling industry. Yes. And – uh you know, whoever heads in what direction, I think that it's a healthy sign for the wrestling industry. I think, as far as Regal's concerned, that, look, AW fans, you can't be upset. Um, maybe you can be upset in the sense that, you know, I wanted more Regal. That's fine. But if you look back at the last nine months of what Regal brought to the table and aren't looking at it as a... This was... It really impressive 9 months in the sense of getting people over in terms of again getting guys like um uh Wheeler Yuta over in terms of being the giving MJF one of the best promos of his career um and taking it all the way to the very end like if this is the last thing Regal had to do he sold like a freaking champ for MJF yeah. Uh, and I just, it was so good.
2: I wasn't expecting that at that moment. Like mm -hmm. I thought that it would happen later and then him doing it and then like turning the email into his own thing. Like I was so good. So good. Even though my kids kept saying, why is he yelling into the microphone? I'm like, that's (laughs) just what he does. (laughs) Yes. I think it's important for people to remember too. We all feel like William Regal is like 75 years old. He is two years older than Chris Jericho. Two years older than Chris Jericho. He's just been around for so long, and he's looked the same for so long. It feels like he's always been that old.
1: My biggest disappointment, and my real only disappointment through it all, shout out Mikey Ruckus for the new Regal theme that he debuted last night. But my biggest disappointment is simply that Regal never got to use his WCW theme in AEW, and I was so convinced he would at some point. And... uh, because it's public domain, and so that would have yeah. been kind of an easy one to have him come out to, and he never did, and I would have loved to have heard that. Uh, Shot Kid 29 says, I guess it is too much to ask people to just be happy for people's success, and it all has to devolve into tribalism. Look, I've even said in the past, because um, this is my issue with, uh, with tribalism as it exists, i think because i saw somebody you know i see the whole the the justin enjoy wrestling side of things and i will say i'm not on that side at all um and that that requires me to say that everything is for me and it's not and i think it's really important to recognize that um there are multiple different flavors of pro wrestling And not all of it's going to be for you. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, simply choose what's for you. And if you're not required to like anything, but you also don't have to necessarily, I think where tribalism becomes a problem is it's like, I, I tweeted this once before, but I was like, you know, I like this is okay. I don't like this is okay. I think where it starts to get muddy is when you have to go, well, you suck because you like this. Yeah. That's the issue is that now it's like-, like...
2: whatever you like, don't like whatever you like. Who cares what somebody else likes or right. doesn't like? That's, like it's, that that it's... doesn't affect you. I mean, deathmatch wrestling is not for me. Mm-hmm. It makes me a nervous wreck. As a parent, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I have been to one deathmatch live. Too much for me. Can't do it. But there's people that love it. Good for you good for them. There are wrestlers who cater to that for them and everything. That's just not my thing. But I don't care that other <laughs> people don't like it or do like it. No,
1: like- and, and it, it, it it's kind of that same deal where like Um I haven't liked an edge match since he's been back. Um Which is fair. But I've had very little to say about that. And I've had very little to say about people who like those matches. Because I get that they're just not for me. Um, right. But I know that they're for somebody. And so, hey, enjoy. Uh, that's that's it. And that's the thing is I might even express that those matches aren't for me. But I'm not going to knock anybody who enjoys them. Last night, I tweeted about the, um, the Elite versus Death Triangle. Those matches are for me. That's the kind of shit I like, right? And... Uh, I swear a whole lot of faceless accounts uh, had everything to to say to me about liking that match uh, or liking those matches in general. So well, I, I have a little bit to, to say there. I want to read a couple more super chats. Hunter Tillman says, what's up, everyone? What did you think of last night's Dynamite? Um, I thought it was an incredible show. And are the rumors true about Regal? Um, I mean, at, look, at the moment, people believe they're true. Um, as far as uh, whether or not they are, we'll see yeah um and ShotKid29 says to clarify I vastly prefer AEW to WWE and would prefer to see him still in AEW at the end of the day though it is his life and I'd rather people be happy than feed my own fandom I mean like I said I think it is okay to feel like you would rather have him here of course you would you know it's like somebody breaking up with you and going off to somebody else of course you're not going to be happy about that um sometimes sometimes uh, you
2: might
1: <laughs> it, it's it's more so the uh it's more so when you have to stop and go well now my entire relationship was a waste of time and maybe you'll feel that way too but just recognize that uh you're denying yourself some some good memories and in this case good content because i don't think the entire regal run in aew was a waste of time but i'm seeing a lot of people saying Man, Tony made a mistake hiring any hunter guys. Don't hire any ex-hunter guys. I think that's a mistake. I think that you hire who's going to give you the best content for your show. And Regal gave him the best content for his show.
2: Well, and I think that being mad at someone because of where they choose to work is really weird, too. Like, you're not the one that's working there. You're not the one that has to do it and everything. So whatever is going to make them happy or get them the most money. Because some of them, that's all that they care about. And good for them, too. Like, yes. why would I, I don't want someone telling me where I have to work. So like, why would I want to do that to somebody else? True. I do not work for Fightful, by the way.
1: <laughs> no, because she doesn't send in invoices. Uh, so you don't work here either. <laughs> I, apparently I don't. <laughs> no, like I said, I'm just stacking the invoices. It's like when you cash in your chips. Um, anyway, I promise I will, Jimmy, I will send in an invoice this month. I, I know that when he looks at those and is like, "What the fuck?" and it's like, "Look,
2: <laughs> he's not gonna be happy." <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, John Moxley had a segment with. Uh, well, he basically he made his way out, and the thing is, people were suspecting last week with with Moxley's language, where he said. Um, Regal I want you to leave and never come back Like people were suspecting That that seems like very deliberate Very permanent language uh, And so Moxley's promo I wasn't sure where it was going I didn't know at all either. Yeah I wasn't sure where this was going He comes out and he calls out uh, Anybody Anybody who wants to challenge Moxley As uh, the guy around here The one constant The toughest man in AEW and Hangman Adam Page's music hit. And I have to say, I haven't marked like that in a minute. Um, it, it like just watching TV. But I got a little excited because I thought, oh, shit. I wasn't even thinking about Hangman right now. Um, I wasn't either. Yeah. I, I, had, I had maybe asked myself. I think it was. So I have my comfort watches. We all have our comfort watches. Yours is Seinfeld. (laughs) As
2: everyone knows. (laughs) Yes.
1: Uh, I mean, I've sat and watched Seinfeld with you. I know that it's Seinfeld. Uh, That said, my comfort watch is the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. And I probably watched that match like a thousand times at this stage.
2: (laughs) When was uh, that?
1: That Revolution 2020. I literally just threw it on... Was it yesterday? Tuesday. I threw it on Tuesday afternoon as I was working on some stuff around the house. And I'm like, what do I want on in the background? And I'm going through and I'm like, oh, Revolution 2020. And I threw that match on, watched the whole thing. And when I watched it on Tuesday, my brain went, man, I would just... I can't wait for the day that finally everybody's back because it seems like every time somebody comes back, there's somebody, somebody else is. out, yeah. and I'm like, I can't wait for the day that we've got the elite back and we got Hangman back and like everything could be cool. I don't know when that day's going to be though. Literally the next tomorrow. Day. <laughs> uh, literally the next day, Hangman's hey, back. Oh, and shout out Val. Hi Val, good to see Val in the chat. Hi um, Val. Yes, uh, and
2: I talked to Hangman. Yeah, you were going to say. And he said, I'll see you soon. And I'm like, didn't expect it to be Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you never know anybody that has ever spoken to Hangman. He is one of the funniest people I've ever met because he just lies. Like he Mm. just lies about everything. So (laughs) he told me he has made his own clothes since he was a child (laughs) that he makes his jeans. Um, one time he told me and Sean that he wrote his theme song when he was eight <laughs> and, uh, that he taught, he taught music when he was a teacher and he, that he taught math. I, he just makes stuff up. Like That's so good. he, and he didn't know how old he was, but he was trying to tell us that he taught math. I said, what year were you born? And he couldn't do math on how old he was. <laughs> He's a very funny guy. And he told me he was going to be back. And I was like. Okay, like,
1: <laughs> but the eerie was. I didn't see that coming at all. I was really excited, and uh, there's some really dumbass discourse online about whether or not there should have been a backstory on this. I'm just gonna simply challenge uh, Meltzer's argument to this that never in wrestling history, at least that I can recall, show me otherwise. But I've never seen a surprise return where you were also shown the context of the return otherwise it's not a surprise Um, and it's
2: not like it was that long ago
1: yeah and and they mentioned it on commentary i'd like i as matter of fact before i got online today i was really happy with all the commentary stuff i thought that um the uh excalibur basically as soon as hangman hit the stage excalibur starts explaining um in great detail that uh hangman was in town to get cleared but last i checked he wasn't cleared and then taz starts going in on the fact that um well hangman has a bone to pick with moxley moxley being the man who concussed him and that was the last time we saw hangman on a page and again we're only talking about stuff from like four weeks ago this isn't uh ancient history and so it's something
2: i remember and i don't remember anything so if i remember it i mean yeah
1: I, i think it's fair to say that um that's not one that necessarily needed a whole lot of context in the moment. You know, it's I, I wouldn't have seen John Cena return to the 2008 Royal Rumble and go, well, wait, before he comes into the ring, you should show us him tearing his pec uh, yeah. f- five months ago. Um, which, of course, that's, they would have never done that. And they didn't do it the next night on Raw. That wasn't referenced again until the buildup to No Way Out. But anyway, yeah. my point here is that that's not necessarily a thing you have to do in every moment um, because sometimes it, it makes perfect sense, right? And
2: Yeah, then- and I don't think that it was needed there either just because it wasn't like he came out and interrupted him. Like he said, he wanted whoever to come out. So mm-hmm. even if there wasn't anything, he could have still, you know, after being gone, been like, no, I'm, I'm the baddest or whatever, like when he came out and the two lines that mox delivered perfect perfect for it they don't have to come out there and argue like I I thought it was great
1: his his straight up line of uh do you remember what happened last time we were in a ring together that that's it that was it they brawled can I tell you something by the way I don't know why this is just a a weird me thing I guess but during the brawl moxley trips on the stage yes (laughs) For whatever reason, that happening to Moxley not only made sense, but kind of seemed a little more badass that it happened, and he just was like, nah, I'm going to keep fighting. Because, Mm -hmm. like, as MJF pointed out a few weeks ago, Moxley's got two left feet. Moxley does not really move gracefully. Moxley is not somebody who... uh, is, he's
2: kind of like a bull in a china shop.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so like Moxley falling off the stage trying to like brawl with Hangman actually kind of added a kind of a sense of legitimacy to it. And it was funny. <laughs> and it was funny. And then <laughs> uh and then he just like kept going. Yeah. It was great. Uh I actually liked everything about this. I was like, you know what? I'm in on this. I am perfectly in on uh Moxley and in uh, Hangman and moving forward with that as, the and next it not program. being
2: for a title,
1: mm-hmm.
2: very excited for that. Uh, my toxic trait is that I love watching wrestlers fall down. So like <laughs> that, um, the one with um, uh, Mandy, Mandy and Dana Brooke when they were coming down at Mania when the oh, ramp yeah. was wet. That mm-hmm. one, um, FTR when they tripped over the sign coming out on. it was a smackdown maybe
1: oh you know what you yep i remember that actually uh there's a couple that you'll enjoy if you can find the unedited version because i know the network fixed it goldberg's entrance at SummerSlam 2003 that's a good one um because he's like doing his kicks to the pyro and then he just like falls Mm -hmm. over um (laughs) but i know that on the network version uh on peacock now it just cuts to the crowd and then cuts Mm -hmm. back to goldberg uh and they definitely fixed that there's another one where uh i want to say it was on a smackdown in 99 it was a survivor series style match it was dx versus shane mcmahon kane stone cold and the rock which sounds oh like boy, an does insa- that
2: sound like a five-star classic there
1: <laughs> now uh that just sounds like an insane thing for just like a random smackdown but that that was just a random smackdown but i remember Every member of DX at the time, like, carried water bottles. Hunter's pouring his uh-huh. in his hair. Road Dog's doing his spit. Billy Gunn's got one. Xbox, the only one without one. And Xbox slips on water um, during his entrance. <laughs> and he recovers very quickly, but it's, like, a really quick, they're walking, and then Xbox slips. And... I love it. <laughs> they're just so... in
2: such, like, they're in such a mode when they get, when they go out, and then to watch them fall down. It's just hilarious. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm evil, I
1: don't know. <laughs> no, this is great. That is a, an amazing trait and I love that about you. So, speaking of things we loved. Whew, Dax Harwood going one on one with Brian Danielson. I knew I was going to love it. I didn't know how much I was going to love it. Uh, but Brian Danielson and Dax Harwood delivered, baby. That was great stuff. I had a lot of fun with Dax Harwood and Brian Danielson. Uh, this you know, Dax Harwood is in a place where he seems to have something to prove. Um, and granted, my only argument toward giving him uh, a Wrestler of the Year nod is simply that on his own, he's only won one match and it was against... Uh, and it was
2: against his partner.
1: Yeah, it was against Cash <laughs> Wheeler. But the... uh. Oh, I hope you see that message from from Val there by the way cuz that's great. Uh You Go have ahead. to re- yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Uh no, I thought this was just excellent <laughs> pro wrestling here. I thought that uh Brian Danielson, of course, uh is a a smart methodical wrestler. This didn't come off like uh and it just came off like wrestling. It it came off like two guys uh, competitively having um, deep exchanges. All of this was just very good stuff. Dax Harwood is an excellent, excellent professional wrestler. Brian Danielson is the best in the world. Um, These guys made such great use of their TV time. Um, The back and forths all look really good. And...
2: Just beating the shit. Just beating out, each out other. of the shit
1: out of each other. Like at the end of the day, like you can tell how much joy Brian Danielson gets out of the redder his chest being. Like you saw that tweet last yeah. week of him talking about bloody Jericho's chest, and Brian Danielson's just looking at that like, "Give me some of that," because yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like why can't my chest bleed? But yeah. Brian and uh, and Brian got himself a little red chested here. He did. This this was excellent. Uh, I have no complaints about this match. Danielson, at the end of it, walks away with the victory. He taps out uh, Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood motions like uh, when Brian goes for the handshake, like he's not going to do it, and then comes over and gives him a hug. It's great stuff. Uh, yeah, Loved everything about this. Uh, how, how did this match make you feel?
2: Um, I was so excited for this. As you saw yesterday, I was very much considering driving to Indy for the show and then I was like I have to get my kids out of school early so I decided against it but um, this past weekend I did not even know that it was going to happen because I was driving Mm -hmm. so when it was announced I didn't even know that it was going to happen and then nobody like somebody had sent me a thing but it was a tweet from Tom's Customs (laughs) I thought it wasn't real but he had tweeted it like it wasn't real even though it was Right, and so when I you saw shout out Tom, Saturday, by the way, I love
1: Tom for yes, that stuff. He's
2: great. When I saw Dax Saturday, he was like, "Are you gonna come watch that?" And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like, I was so excited. And I kept telling him, "Like, oh my gosh," because I was just so excited for it. And he also said that he thinks Brian Danielson is the greatest current professional wrestler. And that's a big compliment coming from him. Um, Yeah, I was so excited about it. It was such a good match. That's the type of wrestling that I like. Just Mm -hmm. beating the shit out of each other without light tubes. (laughs) So so it it was just so good. And you could tell how much respect they had for each other doing it. And Dax told me they had been pushing for that match for a long time and he said i went to cut my promo and they said hey you're gonna challenge brian for a match next week and he said okay why and they said come up with something so he was like so i was like (laughs) trying to figure out like (laughs) you know why i was challenging him or whatever and i oh it was just so good such a good match those two could have a match every week on the show and i would i would be excited to watch it Speaking of um, my title down here, Cash Wheeler Aficionado, um, I get a text from one Jonathan Alba as the uh, match was getting ready to start that said, did Cash forget he was going to be on TV? Why is he in sweatpants? And he also only brought out two belts. So maybe he didn't know he was gonna be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> because he came out with two of the belts in sweatpants. you know, maybe he was just hanging out in Indianapolis. Let that man have a break.
1: Or he was trying to pop share Delaware. who knows? Um so the <laughs> uh yeah, no, this was this was great though. Uh, and we then saw and I'm trying to make sure I don't skip anything in between. See, we had a promo from Ricky Starks. He's ready to win the world title, but he also wants the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Hmm. That's yeah. interesting. I have no idea where that's going now because they're, they're alluding to MJF having to defend two things on Dynamite. So Interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea where that's heading. Uh, We had Moxley and Hangman just kept brawling. Uh And again, it is good stuff. I, I was happy with all that. I and I liked that this was the setup to have an explanation for Moxley being out of the building because yeah. uh, obviously some other stuff was going to have to go down later that you would want to ask yourself, where's Moxley? And I thought, perfectly reasonable explanation here, right? Moxley, is uh nowhere to be found here because he got rejected from the building alongside hangman for bra- bra- brawling braw- braw- braw. good stuff uh, uh we didn't see because we got the announcement earlier in the day now we knew this because aw had already added him to the roster page but i'm referring to A- ar fox officially getting the announcement for being um well, officially Got the announcement for being the, uh, uh, all elite. Sorry, got distracted for a second. And, uh, so yeah, got the announcement for being all elite. We, we knew that a couple weeks ago when he tagged with, uh, with our guys, yeah. oh, they're saying I'm robotic. Have I nope, gotten, you can just tell, okay, I'm good, good now. News. Are you certain? I'm, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Cool. Um, Let me just... uh, There we go. Anyway, just had to make sure everything is alright. So, continuing on. AR Fox is all elite. And to celebrate, he gets a shot at the TNT champion, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's first appearance since Full Gear. I... This was fast, it was quick, but I enjoyed it. And uh, Joe, he did his walk-off spot, uh, but AR Fox had a great counter for that. Yeah, this was great stuff. Again, not a very long match, but at the end of the day, uh, Samoa Joe gets the victory over AR Fox. I thought it was a great showing for AR Fox, and I think but I just think he's a great addition to have here. I know uh, I saw a lot of people kind of downing on it, saying, you know, you have too many wrestlers, blah, blah, blah. AR Fox is not one of those guys who would say that to, for a number of reasons. AR Fox um, is one of those guys that, hey, you want to do some, have a quick uh, TV title defense that is, uh, uh, that you can have guys look good. I'm sorry, my phone keeps vibrating. I'm just going to move this over here because I am seemingly popular right now, Uh, but... (laughs)
2: You're always
1: popular. (laughs) But the the other day, that's not a thing that I ever think I am. But the other day, you had messaged me. And uh, at the same time, uh, somebody else had messaged me. And I opened my conversations to see how many I was juggling. And realized at that moment in time, I kid you not, I was juggling 14 conversations at once. (laughs) And... uh, because my wife turns to me and she said, your phone keeps vibrating. How many people are you talking to right now? And I opened my phone up and I, I started counting and I thought, What the hell? Am I really talking to 14 people right now? That's <laughs> insanity. Uh, I'm so, never
2: talking to that many. people. I don't even have that many friends.
1: <laughs> so folks, uh, those who know me, and that includes you, if you're ever messaging me and I fail to respond, a lot of times it's because I got pulled in another direction. And so I'm doing this and then got pulled in this one and forgot to go to the one three directions ago. So- I always just, know that
2: you will respond eventually. It yes. just may be a few days.
1: <laughs> but I'll always address the last thing you said. You will. Before I, uh, like, cause sometimes I'll open up the conversation and be like, hey, I want to message her and just see how she's doing. And then I see like, oh shit, I didn't respond to this thing from three days ago. Let me respond to this first before I uh, ask the thing that I'm going to ask. You gave so, me
2: advice after your nap the other day.
1: I did. I took a nap. and then I was like, oh, shit. I totally left her <laughs> hanging. <laughs> and, like she literally brought up something. I went took a nap and then.
2: You gave good advice, though.
1: Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I, I hope Shawn it was. Sean
2: said, Will is very introspective. I am not. That's what I told you. I told you what his advice is. Yeah. Uh.
1: After the match, though, Joe gets on the mic, and he's interrupted by Wardlow, who reminds us that uh, he's living in Wardlow's world and crouching against Wardlow. Joe. Robot. Robot. uh, I'm just gonna refresh. Give me a moment.
2: I'm losing an AirPod. You can see my wrestlers behind me. We got China. We got more China.
1: There we are. I'm back. There we are. Hopefully, not robotic this time. Nope, you're good. Yeah. Well, I should probably not do this show with 200 tabs open. So, uh, anyway, the. Hey. <laughs> uh, so later on, we get a. Actually, let's talk about the big thing of the show. William Regal, MJF. We see that there's very clearly something hidden under the uh, under a sheet in the ring. Yeah. It very much looks like a championship belt. I wasn't sure what they were going to do here. But yes, we knew we were going to get a new championship belt. It was just a matter of when. Uh, MJF, I makes love his, it. MJF makes his way out, and uh, he cuts a promo on literally everything. He explains everything um, that Regal saw a moment of weakness in MJF when the firm attacked him, and after that, Regal reached out to him, sent him an email, and uh, told him that he could turn him into the greatest villain in in pro wrestling um, with his help because Regal is known as the villain and mjf basically first he trashes the belt uh he says that he's done with that belt because it reminds him of all of the others and that he's going to introduce something that's that's classy that's much better and it was literally just the same belt with a with bur- the
2: burberry strap
1: with the burberry strap that you could barely see so it was really just the same belt just you know
2: there. what i really wanted him to say all that and then take it off and it'd be a freaking spinner belt like John Cena's. <laughs> you gotta class up this joint and it'd be a spinner belt that would have been hilarious um
1: the so the fun thing about this is that it reminded me so much of like Miz and Edge in a sense where do you remember when Edge was like I'm gonna introduce a new belt that's rated R, and you're, you <laughs> kind of get ex- <laughs> yeah, and you get excited about it because you're like, ooh, what changes Edge gonna make? And then it's the same belt just with like the rated R logo, and you're like, oh, boo! You barely did anything, and you talked it up like you were gonna change everything. Same with uh, and I talked about Miz right, where Miz talked about how he's gonna introduce this brand new belt, he's gonna change everything, and then it literally was the same belt with the W turned upside down. Kind of a good troll move. Yes in this sense it was the same thing of ms Miz, Miz, mjf is talking about how uh much of a change this is about to be and that he's trashing the old belt it reminds him too much of the old wrestlers out with the old in with the new and it's literally the exact same <laughs> belt with the strap modified and again i don't even mind brown straps in wrestling i actually think that the big gold belt looked at its best when it had a brown strap uh, so initially I just see it with a brown strap and I'm like, Oh, that's the same thing. But then you kind of see faintly the Burberry design in it. Okay. Sure. MJF, uh, gets Burberry strap belt. And, uh, you know, who was excellent in this segment through everything MJF had to say through the belt unveiling, trashing the old belt, all of that.
2: Excalibur.
1: I was going to say Tony Schiffani. I thought Tony Schiavone. I
2: I just thought Excalibur's emotions.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He was he felt betrayed by William Regal. He was very he needed to run down.
1: Oh yeah! After that's... Regal
2: got attacked and be like, "I'm sorry,
3: I love you." <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> uh, Orion Ben said credit to Excalibur's roller coaster of emotions, um, and he he's right. Uh, and Tony Schiavone
2: got... was good though. He was getting like legitimately. <laughs> pissed off and it
1: was funny yeah. we had another one from Caden that said that if Excalibur and Regal never fucked then it's uh all a waste um I mean we did build that up for quite some time and it never happened uh, Jeremy
2: is going to be very disappointed
1: uh Orion Ben also says AR Fox the trailblazer the walk-off spot was excellent again I, I love AR Fox I think having that guy backstage having his presence around, knowing who he's trained. I mean, guys, he trained Austin Theory. Like there's a lot of guys in the industry that owe their careers to AR Fox yes. and know, and just having that resource behind the scenes, um, whether it's in an official coaching role, whether it's just as a mentor, whether it's to have access to his students, anything it is that there, I see no downsides to having AR Fox on your contract. Uh, and out.
2: I like that commentary does also say he is a veteran in this business. They're not mm-hmm. just like, oh, there's this new guy who's never done anything. You know, like yeah. they made sure to let people know if you haven't heard of AR Fox before, he's been around for a long time, like, which I appreciated a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, But he... So I get what people didn't like about this segment. Fully totally do. I can even say that it res- some of it resonates with me in that... Getting MJF to this point of his was a complete roller coaster that had some twists and turns and some wacky detours because the firm is, like, useless at this point, right? Um,
2: yeah, that whole thing was...
1: None um... of it makes any sense. None of it uh, made any sense mjf basically just wrote it off as you know i respect you guys for attacking me and you guys aren't worth my time because i'm not chasing anybody because i'm the world champ now so whatever and it was like okay so we're just done with all that i guess that was beyond us um i also felt like mjf talked in circles a little bit here he was going on a long long time i was almost looking at my watch thinking I know what they're doing here. Wherever this segment is going has to stretch to the top of the hour, and there's still like 10 minutes to go till the top of the hour. <laughs> and so MJF was definitely just talking a lot. And he was stretching this segment as long as it could go. Uh, and again, there was just the the whole storyline comes off convoluted in in, yeah. in so many different ways. I get all of that, and I feel all of that, and I agree with all of that, but I will say the payoff got me, Uh, and I'll tell you why the payoff got me. I'm a sucker for callbacks, huge sucker for callbacks. You may recall a month ago, MJF William Regal had a very emotional segment in which William Regal put MJF in a little bit of a diaper bag and after MJF went off about uh, how Regal screwed him over and Regal turned his back to MJF and asked him to strike him and MJF never did and Regal was just so confident because he didn't think MJF truly had it in him to do it And the way this segment ended was a complete callback to that in Mm -hmm. which MJF struck Regal from behind with the brass knuckles in exactly the fashion that Regal dared him to do it a month ago and then read the email uh, and read it all back to him in his way of dismissing William Regal. I thought all of that was great stuff and a great, great callback. That, I think, was the um, was the part that brought it all together for me. That, honestly, if I could just f- literally forget all the firm stuff over the last uh, month and just focus on the idea of what MJF did with Regal a month ago and where it ended up here, that was great shit. Regal was the best part here. Regal sold like complete death regal laying on the ground there like uh like he freaking died and Mm -hmm. uh I'll, i'll say this segment had a couple of successes one was the crowd uh in that holy shit i didn't think mjf could get himself booed again and he did um sure enough crowd was booing through this they're chanting shut the fuck up they're booing mjf they're booing the stuff he says He got himself on the negative side of the AEW fan base again. Um, Hey, that's cool. Uh, The fans were not happy with what he did to Regal. They booed all of that. They even chanted Regal on the way out as Regal was being stretchered out. Um, I appreciate MJF's uh, suit, by the way. The jacket that had the Better Than You text on it. Loved it. Like, cool. the,
2: like the Conor McGregor. Yeah, love that. Yeah. Uh,
1: I also liked Brian here. And With the one
2: shoe coming out. That was... Yes. He was definitely on wiki feet by the end of the night. But that was <laughs> that was uh, excellent.
1: And the thing I appreciated more than anything else was AEW not giving in to some of their rushing instincts where sometimes things can uh they can move on too quickly from a, a devastating thing mm-hmm. where it's like hey we just had this person get their leg destroyed now let's throw it to the back with renee and mm-hmm. uh i appreciated that they held on to this as long as they could um regal selling on the ground um and them getting him onto the stretcher brian shouting at the doctors hurry up why aren't you guys moving any faster um the medical staff responding like hey we can't uh we have to take our time brian and they get him out of the ring they kind of didn't quite quite get the neck brace right whatever i'm okay with that um and they go to commercial break we come back and they're still helping regal out i thought thank goodness you guys took your time with this uh i would have been so annoyed had you uh, s- just moved on very quickly, and I like that even commentary was stuck on this idea that you know we we're ha- we have to move on because we still have a- the rest of the show, but we're not exactly having an easy time doing so. Yes. So yeah, I thought MJF went on a little bit too long. He laid it on a little too thick, um, and none of the the stuff that got us here made really any sense but i thought he followed up on regal really well and i thought that turn was uh was good stuff
2: and there's always going to be things that you try that don't work i Mm -hmm. mean and i think that they saw that the firm thing was not working it was very weird
1: I don't know you know i I was did you watch stokely on the sessions this week
2: um i did well i i'd already seen it but yes Mm -hmm. um yeah uh stokely's great um in the little segment stokely had last night
1: yeah. So, and, and and that came up next. Uh because I, I mentioned all that to say that, you know, obviously with CM Punk around, they had a very different plan. That would have mm-hmm. none of this was going to evolve, Regal, when CM Punk was still around. That yes. uh and Stokely talked about the fact that he that Punk wanted to work with him and that it was going to be a lot of firm with CM Punk kind of stuff mm-hmm. and firm against CM Punk. And then once it became MJF versus the Blackpool Combat Club, they basically just abandoned all the firm stuff. So yeah. uh... But I
2: think that it was a good idea to abandon it because it just wasn't, I think Stokely with um, Ethan Page great, those two are great together, like they're both they're, they both are good talkers too, but like having those two together is good having, I love Lee, having Lee you know, but it never felt like MJF needed this group No. Like, the whole thing, you were at All Out. It felt very convoluted when it happened. And, I mean, it was just odd. Everybody knew who it was going to be. Like, it's not like we're dumb. We all knew who it was going to be at the end. I love how
1: everybody, yeah, as soon as the masked person took the chip, everybody's like, I know that ass anywhere.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That... I mean, this is why there was a TikTok earlier today dedicated to the asses of MJF and Cash Wheeler. Like, I mean, everybody knew by the way he walks and everything, it was it, everybody knew it was MJF, but it was just convoluted and it felt weird because, like, Max had a group already, yes. you know, and obviously he and Wardlow, whatever, but like, he he's done that so it felt weird having like another group with him I guess Max doesn't he doesn't need the other people around he doesn't like people so he shouldn't have people around him
1: (laughs) and it is weird because like the pinnacle's kind of still going like in the sense of last time we saw without him, him yeah like we just saw Sean Spears with uh FTR and Wardlow yeah they they all seem to be just fine. Uh and so uh what came next? Oh so, yeah, so we saw Ricky Starks versus Ari devari the squash. But yeah, we did see um Stokely and Ethan Page make their way out. Matt Hardy Robot. comes out and interrupts. Ah Y'all are killing me. Thank you. So.
2: It is me again. Let's see, what have we got over here? We got um, the Hardys and Lita.
1: And this only happens on Day After Dynamite. And considering I do After the Week with Denise every week, same setup, doesn't happen. Also, I'm literally about to do Ask Rhapsody. Guarantee it doesn't happen. Uh, Rayo says, uh, I feel like Punk's absence in MJF story right now is being understated. Everything had to get thrown out the window. That's very true. That is true. Uh, I don't disagree with that uh, whatsoever I think that MJF has been um kind of sidelined by a lot of things that were out of his control and yes. that but
2: I also think it's been three months and you've had time to figure it out
1: yeah uh so I have started I for a long time I I watched everything um I haven't watched dark in a long time but I will say, I have been watching Dark recently, and there's a Fightful Select report Sean just put up about some of the storylines happening on Dark. Oh, and, I
2: just read that, actually.
1: Yes. And so
2: subscribe to Fightful Select.
1: FightfulSelect.com. <laughs> Plus, that's how you'll get to watch Ask Rhapsody in just a little bit. But um, I just read that story, um, and the cool thing about that story is I have felt for the last few weeks like, hey, Dark has some stuff going for it right now. Which is the thing I've wanted out of Dark is, like, when I felt like when Dark first started, it was stuff I wanted to watch. And then mm-hmm. it just became, like, the series of squash matches that I didn't really care about. And I thought that, like, being on YouTube's not a bad thing. The part that gets me is that I just want some some stories that I care about. Right. Um, And... Sorry, I just got messaged about... That's odd. That's that's very interesting. I don't know if that's true, and I'm not going to report that here yet. Uh, But it was something Alvarez reported. You could probably find it on Twitter. Um, But it was about an out clause that apparently Regal had in his contract that, uh, again, you can go ahead and read that. But that seems to be going around right now. Um, Yeah, I have actually been enjoying Dark recently. I've been throwing it on on Mondays and Tuesdays, uh, dark, Dark Elevation, and dark and yeah i'm actually finding some enjoyment out of the entire matt hardy ethan page stuff and you'll find that you, you, i saw a lot of people kind of complaining about this they're like this doesn't make any sense why didn't matt hardy just come out mm-hmm. and interrupt and i thought actually i've been watching dark recently this does make perfect sense but i recognize that if you don't watch those because obviously one tenth of the audience watches that stuff Then I do not. This made probably no sense, but I liked it and I thought Stokely was funny as hell.
2: It didn't even matter to me that it didn't make sense. I still thought it was funny. (laughs) Like,
1: yeah, I mean, uh, because this requires why this is one of those like deep AEW cuts because you had to have watched first, you have to watch Rampage to know that. Don't watch that. Yeah, you need to watch Rampage (laughs) to know that Matt Hardy lost to ethan page and therefore is now owned by the firm alongside private party and now Now, see
2: i did know that because they mentioned it on commentary
1: yes and then you have to know that on dark and elevation there's actually been a lot of development there of matt hardy the twist of fates now banned uh and all of his earnings and winnings have to now go to the firm all of that's been happening and been laid out kind of big money and it's basically been matt hardy being treated the way he treated everybody in the uh hardy family office so it okay. all like actually kind of makes sense and it's been fun stuff but i recognize if you don't watch any of that this didn't make any sense to you uh so hopefully i gave you a little uh, you the day after dynamite viewers i hope you got something out of that
2: yeah I mean, you gave something to me out of that because I don't, <laughs> I, I honestly miss the main event of dynamite a lot because I go to bed really early. I mm. get up at 4.45 every morning. So.
1: Yeah, that's how I can guarantee. See, I um, if I text share late and uh, <laughs> I know I'm not going to get a text till I wake up the next morning and it'll say three hours ago that uh, <laughs> <it> I was texting <laughs> That's how our conversations can sometimes yes, go
2: i I am an old woman that's to be fair though as you know when we were in Newark I didn't go to bed till 4 a.m
1: no, you didn't <laughs> I went to bed before you and I went to bed at 3 am so yeah.
2: and then you were up in the morning like bright-eyed bushy tailed up going around and I'm dragging myself out of bed at 11
1: so the next thing we saw was uh anna j taking on willow nightingale willow was very very over um that's the most very. i can really say about this match was that willow was very over she got a big pop when her music hit crowd was chanting let's go willow they never she never lost him throughout the match and i thought that was great stuff have i really gone robotic again because that's what they're yep. saying <sighs> you have to tell me
2: you, it just happened.
1: Fine. But the chat got it before you did.
2: Yeah, well. Hello! Now we have Miss Elizabeth. And next to Miss Elizabeth is Lita. I'm just showing off the wrestlers every time.
1: That's so great. Uh, sorry, it's frustrating. But we're almost done with the show anyway. So um, this saw the return of Ruby Soho. Uh, that... My my scoop meter went off the moment you know we, we reported that <laughs> story, and uh, you know I was like maybe she's not going to be back. They just soon as Tycon when she was next to Anna Jane, I went.
2: You're robot yeah, again. Was-. Am I really, really that quick? Yeah.
1: <sighs> I might have to just end the show. I can't.
2: Uh, <sighs> now we have the new day cereal box version and next to them is another china i don't really have much else i don't know what to tell you guys yeah you're good
1: i hope i am this time i'm i've got literally really
2: quickly (laughs) i have
1: literally everything closed out i don't know what else to do here
2: to be fair we can understand you when you go robot it's just very very fast
1: i know (sighs) okay so Maybe if I talk slowly, it'll just capture everything. (laughs) Ruby Soho returned, and she uh, attacked Ty Conti. She looked great. She looked great. She did.
2: Um, I saw people pointing out that she... It seems that she had to have surgery on her broken nose. Um,
1: I feel like... As someone... That's well known. I don't know. Yeah.
2: I mean... As someone who's broken her nose three times and has a deviated septum, very smart of her to have surgery because I needed surgery years ago and I haven't had it. And anytime I get sick, I just can't breathe. So, very smart of her to go ahead and have it done. She looked great.
1: She did. Um, I love Ruby. Yeah, and I'm so glad she's back. And hey, like, Ruby and Soraya in the same environment is actually kind of cool and I'm thinking about the possibilities there
2: they're sharing the ratings in
1: the chat. Oh, cool. The and I figure they would. Um, thank you. Ooh, that 18 to 49 is real bad. Um, so <laughs> we'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, so finally, the main event. The third one. Death Triangle going up against uh the elite part 3. I loved this, but I also loved the last one. And I also loved the first one. Those are matches for me. And I have been saying that uh, what I loved about the last one was that you obviously... uh, (laughs) That too. But (laughs) um, having seven matches, the obvious concern there with seven matches is how the hell do you differentiate... uh, Either of these two. And I love that even on the second one, second one was nothing like the first. Because on the second one, we immediately got to uh, the fact that the elite worked heels and worked a very different match than they worked the first time around. Very different story throughout. It was just different. And then uh, we get to this third one. And in the third match, they jump started it. On the ramp, it was just very different. So, yeah, I had to say something to somebody else in the room. So that was intentional. Uh, I
2: was like, uh... <laughs> uh.
1: So, hold on two seconds. Sorry, guys. It's in my hoodie right there. Thank you. You're fine. Uh, uh, so... The, uh... Oh, sorry, 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 guys. You're right, you're right, you're right. Actually, I'm going to save that for last, because it was my favorite thing. But, um, Me too. But, so, we're talking about the... uh This match was very different, and it told a very different story. And there's a story being told throughout. And for the, the criticism that people want to levy at this, which is that, oh, it's just matches, there's no story. The story is happening in the matches. Um, the story is... Uh... The story is that the uh, the start that we start with the story of the hammer. Of course, that Pack has been wanting to use his hammer throughout. Um, that's how he uh, defeated Orange Cassidy. That's something that's worked for him. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, my in case anybody's wondering what's going on. I'm sorry, my wife is on the hunt for the keys and uh, to leave right now and doesn't know where they are. And it just occurred to me that they're in the car. So <laughs> so I literally just had to yell up to her that they're in the car.
2: Oh, well.
1: But uh, so either way. The story throughout of course that pack has been using his hammer it's been successful for him um he's been trying to get ray phoenix to use it ray phoenix wouldn't but at all out ray or at full gear at full gear ray phoenix had the he had no choice he was in an opera in a space where he's about to get hit with a one-winged angel and he had the hammer in a moment of desperation he used it but he wasn't proud of it and he apologized to kenny for it um but now, all of a sudden, man in the middle, because we know Pac's the heel, we know Ray Phoenix is the babyface. Penta sees this as a, a license, right? Because Penta's suddenly like, well, if we're using hammers, I'm going to bring my own hammer to the ring. And Ray Phoenix is still like, no, that's not how we win. And uh, and he's still trying to keep Pac from, uh, from executing this way. Ray Phoenix still feels like we can win the right way. And meanwhile you have the elite who came in cocky that first match they were playing to the fans they had I was an...
2: shocked when they lost
1: they lost shocked. right but again they they got outdone and things didn't work out so they tried to play it death triangle's way the second time around mm-hmm. and it didn't work out that way because death triangle was again one step ahead this time around uh again it almost seemed like death triangle had their number and I uh, again the action in this match the action is something that we can always talk about as a good thing because the action just continues to move and it's always exciting mm-hmm. it's always fun but i like that again it hasn't been the same they've had so many creative ways of getting into the offense that we know Death Triangle to pull off or the, that we know the young Bucks to pull off all of it. I think but the Bucks are just some of the most exciting television you can have on. This was all great stuff. I thought it was telling a great story. And the finish with Pack going for the black arrow and Matt Jackson getting his knees up when Death Triangle was trying to hold back Kenny and Nick that mm-hmm. ended up being their downfall because of the fact that they were so distracted with them that when Matt rolls up uh, Pack for the Victory, he does get the one, two, three. I thought that was a great finish. This was fun. I had so much fun with this. Uh, I mean, go argue with your mom if this isn't your type of pro wrestling because you're not going to convince me. This is my type of pro wrestling. Uh, I, it has story, it has action, it has drama. I have no complaints about any of this this is fun this was great and it was very different and now we get a week off now my question is what do we do next time around how do we tell this differently four more times
2: yeah i mean because it's gonna go all seven Yeah. i mean if it doesn't i'll be shocked i mean that's that's a lot. That's a lot of matches to have to make them all different. Now, do I think that these six guys can do it? Absolutely. But it's hard to make it different enough that people are going to be interested every time because I, there are people who will complain.
1: Well, I thought I, about it.
2: <laughs> I'm good with watching it because I think I, that it's great.
1: I thought about it and I thought about some of the ways they can differentiate them. And I thought about... Um, Some of the things that the Young Bucks have done excitingly uh, that were very different. Like, I think about the Young Bucks versus Butcher and the Blade, where they brawled around Daly's place, and it was that Falls Count Anywhere match. That was great stuff. You could revisit something like that. I saw people bring up Cage Match. Don't do a Cage Match just because we've seen the Bucks versus Lucha Bros in a Cage Match, and we've seen multiple Cage Matches this year. Mm -hmm. I don't need another Cage Match. Ladder! Maybe, but even then, AEW's done two ladder matches already this year. Uh, I don't know. But there's definitely different ways you can go with the you can go about this and you can do it.
2: I agree. And I think that it's going to be really good. Um, So. I actually missed um, them come out at Full Gear. I was out in the lobby talking to my friend Frankie, who you got Mm -hmm. to meet um, because I never get to see him. Right. He's always in the office. So I was actually out there talking to him. And as they were like playing the the video package beforehand, we were like, How funny would it be if they came out to carry on my wayward son? And then it hit. And I was like, I am so white right now. <laughs> I am.
1: No, I mean, I, <laughs> like, I, I will I'm tell you. So i excited. So I turned to uh, Liam from Comic Book. Um, he was sitting right behind me. And I turned to him and I was like, I think they're coming out to carry on my Wayward Son. And he was like, oh, I thought they dropped the the um, Wayward Son's trademark. And I said, yeah, I don't think that matters. I think they got the song. Uh, they're doing something special with this entrance. Like, you could see them setting it up as not a normal entrance. Yeah. And I was like, I think they got the song. Uh, and, like, I saw somebody on Twitter today call the song Old, White, and Lame. And it's all of those things. But it is also, you have to look at the fact that. It's
2: also very well known wild Um, thing is also old white and lame.
1: this is what i was gonna say i think people underestimate the power the true power in recognizable songs for entrance themes they
2: do they do guys
1: if a wrestler got what's the song i can think of you got it as in the right stuff by the new kids on the block If a wrestler pulled off that song, it would be the toughest guy on the planet. If he pulled off that song, at a first glance, it'd be lame. But the first time you hear a crowd go, oh, 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 yeah, you know that shit's over, right? Like, that to me is... It's like
2: Jungle Boy's theme. We ain't going around singing that when it's not at a wrestling show. I mean, wrestling songs, Judas is a terrible song. People are still going to sing Judas. I right? know
1: you're on camera doing it at Full Shut Gear 2021. Up.
2: I can't even say that I was drunk because I don't drink. Nope, um, you just
1: right there, loud as can be. Judas in your in mind.
2: The, when you're in the moment, it's it's just fun. Like I have not seen it since then, but they try to get me every time. I know they try to get me.
1: I, I was just watching Forbidden Door the other day. You can see they zoomed yeah. right into me. And I'm like, nope, you're not catching me singing Judas.
2: I said this um, when NXT and WWE started changing a bunch of people's themes. When they gave, they took away the UE theme and gave Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly both not good, very generic songs. And I was trying to explain to people, everybody's, oh, licensing, blah, 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 I don't care. That's not the point of what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you have 87 people with songs that all sound similar, you don't even know who's coming out. Mm-hmm. You don't even know who it is. And it was kind of that way at Royal Rumble this year. People yeah, oh, like, yeah. Royal like, Rumble music would was... hit. And people are like, who? Yeah. <laughs> like
1: Royal Rumble was uh, the biggest example to me that wrestling themes today specifically out of WWE are not recognizable and yeah. and Mikey uh,
2: Ruckus is great
1: yes and
2: Mikey does great themes and but some songs like that the majority of people in that arena are gonna know at least the chorus to carry to the song you know like not everything has to be, a super popular song. I guarantee you most of these people didn't know the words to Wild Thing before yeah. it, Mox started coming out to it.
1: I do want a wrestler, by the way, to use the right stuff uh, at some point. Um, and just have a whole crowd singing it. Oh. one.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like But they this, have so to like...
2: come out and do the dance. They have to do the...
1: <laughs> so finally, gotta talk about jade cargill that attire
2: that was amazing magic i almost want to do an episode on strong style just on that Uh uh-huh i talked about her gear from full gear on the episode that just debuted today and um about how she learned that she can't just wear a leotard um (laughs) learned it the hard way but that's okay but i i said on there everything is going to look amazing on jade because jade is gorgeous jade has an amazing body like she's beautiful in every aspect but a lot of times like the stuff that she wears backstage and like that the money thing Like, it doesn't really matter, but a lot of times with her gear, because she's built so different than most of these women, doesn't work as well for her in the ring. And I said that I feel like that's maybe, since she's new, I said most people when they first start wrestling, they have a learning curve with their gear on what's going to work for them. Because they're not immediately on TV, and she has been. And I said, she's someone that needs to talk to like Charlotte Flair, who has the broader shoulders and everything of what gear is going to work for my body. Because no matter what she wears, she's going to look amazing. Like she could come out there in a freaking potato sack and she's going to look amazing. But that last night, oh my God. Shout um, out
1: Sandra Gray. Uh, yeah. She Sandra. outdid herself on this one. Whew amazing amazing stuff
2: so good oh my god
1: um you guys can see it in the thumbnail of this episode um it appears that she's practically wearing nothing but dollar bills it's definitely uh there's some deceit going on there and that's okay uh because she's jade cargill she can pull that off
2: Could Jade trademark Strong Style? Well, I hope not, since that's the (laughs) name of my show.
1: Uh, I freaking hope she doesn't. Caden notes, uh, like Caden said, uh, Mox Page, Texas Deathmatch at Winter. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, And yeah, so Jade called out the fact that this past weekend, some photos were posted to Instagram that included... Kiera Hogan, who was just kicked out of the baddies. And she basically railed into the remaining baddies uh, and, you know, told them that she decides what goes on. And if y'all don't like it, y'all can, you know, get out of here. And they seem to not be okay with a lot of what she was saying there. And it dawned on me what's occurring here. And I think we might be approaching the end of Jade's title reign. I don't know who's going to be the one to beat her. But I'm starting to see a little bit of a story being told. And maybe I'm wrong. But a lot of people were like, why did they kick out Kira Hogan? That didn't make any sense to me. It seems like Jade is reaching this point of feeling almost aggressively cocky. Yes. To the point of where anybody that doesn't fall in line, she's kicking them to the curb.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Until she reaches a point where she has no one left. And once she has no one left, she has no one to help her retain her title because Mm -hmm. she's gotten too in over her head at that point. And I think that's the story that they're kind of telling here. And I think it'll kind of be a one-by-one kind of thing of like...
2: Yes, it's very subtle.
1: Yeah, like, okay, Kiara Hogan's gone now. And Kiara Hogan, like people were like, is she leaving the company? Nope, she wrestled last night on Elevation. Uh, She's still there. Uh, and so I think next again, you, you find yourself trashing, um, uh, Red Velvet next Red Velvet makes her way out. Layla, same thing. She kind of makes her way out. And then eventually she's left with nobody. She's got rid Mm -hmm. of Mark Sterling. She got rid of Stokely. There's nobody left. She's on her own and on her own. She's defeated in a way where she doesn't have the backup anymore.
2: And honestly, I think it's time for that because I love Jade. I'm always Mm -hmm. excited to see Jade, but I know that there's a lot of people who are like almost uninterested in even watching her matches because it's like, okay, well, Jade's going to win.
1: Yeah. I I think we have to. And
2: you don't want to get to that point.
1: Yep. We got to do something now. And. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be. I know a lot of people now have convinced themselves that it's Mercedes because she showed up last night at the Celtics game at the Boston TD Garden, the very arena at which Survivor Series was at. And it's like, why would you be here and not there? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I was about a month ago 90% confident Sasha was returning to WWE. That is now way reduced um, down to like 30. But my Sasha to AEW went from maybe a 5% to 6 maybe 7%. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, I don't know what's happening as far as she's concerned. That would be very cool. Don't get me wrong. If she's the one that Bow Wow brings in, that'd be the coolest thing on earth. I don't know that it's that uh but who the hell knows let's talk about the rating shall we your favorite thing on earth not a term that Cher delaware has muted on social media uh so the rating is in dynamite did eight hundred and seventy thousand, which is hella down um it's one mm-hmm. percent down since last week um but the 18 to 49 that one is wildly down. That one is down 18% from last week. That's a .26 they did. Uh, and I am now very, very curious to see the quarters because uh, I don't know anything about that rating and how that did. Uh, mm-hmm. The I know that... Oh, yeah. And then as far as the question of where did it finish, um, I can look that up right now.
2: While Will is looking that up, I saw someone say, aren't Sasha and Bow Wow cousins? She's cousins with Snoop Dogg, a yes. different a different dog reference.
1: Yes. Although Bow Wow was um, tied to Snoop Dogg at one point. And yeah. everybody's uh,
2: tied together in fame,
1: hip hop. But uh, let's see. So, uh, no buzz daily rankings out yet. So,
2: yeah, Bow Wow considers Snoop an uncle, but that's just.
1: But yeah, there's no actual relation there.
2: My kids consider Sean their uncle, so.
1: <laughs> so. Either way. That's it, for day after dynamite. I I know. I'm pretty sure the 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 anti elite people probably find some vindication in all of this because they're going to see this as a uh, proof that they are ratings death. Um, I don't. I mean, well, because that's the thing is the the trios main events haven't done well. That's just a fact. But also, guys, no main events have done well because if you have to say that, then you have to look at say Jey Uso versus. Um, Kevin Owens and say, well, their rating's death because that was the lowest rated segment on Raw this week. Um, yeah. And I think Some of us
2: are just old and tired. We go to bed <laughs> before the show's over.
1: I, I, I think there's a little bit more to that story. So, um, But again, you, you, they'll see it as a victory. And I know they'll see it as a victory, and that's okay. Uh, either way, folks, jump on over to FightfulSelect.com because I'm hella late. Reg and Phil are waiting on me right now and uh blame me
2: just tell yes,
1: me it's my fault blame share delaware but also don't forget to check out share delaware because she's over on fightful overbooked talking yeah. strong style uh but specifically about the style of professional wrestlers she's our fashionable friend over here share delaware yeah look at here. this
2: outfit look at this i got my share delaware beanie that frankie had made for me and then I've just got Nike. Yeah, look at
1: <laughs> look at that. All right. And as Redmond said, Cher, old, tired, and works with children.
2: That's me. Old, <laughs> tired, and lives with children.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, you're not old. You're not old at all.
2: I feel very old. Each child has aged me 10 years. I had cancer, Will Washington. That aged me as well.
1: By the way. That's been my mark out moment this week is when you texted me just the words cancer free with exclamation points. I basically jumped out of my seat. I was so excited. I was so happy. <laughs> I
2: was too. Yes.
1: Very I happy to hear you. that. I'm
2: very glad.
1: So, so celebrate share Delaware who is now cancer free and come back with us next week. I believe Andrew Zarian's are guests next week here on Ooh. day after dynamite. So either way, be a part of that. Be here.
2: My, my fashionable male counterpart, Andrew Zarian. Yes.
1: <laughs> so thanks for being with us. And we will see you next time. Have a great day. And again, go on over. If you're watching right now, fightfulselect.com. Peace.